hang on to your hats. The, the adventure of a lifetime, lifetime is coming. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Indiana Jones Universe, the podcast that explores the expanded universe of Indiana Jones as we discuss the Young Indie Television series, the Further Adventures comic books, the Staff of Kings and Emperor's Tomb video games, and so much more. As always, I'm Will. And I'm Max. And thanks for joining us for episode 52, in which today we're going to be talking about some current events in the world of Indiana Jones as we talk about the upcoming video game that was announced by Lucasfilm a few days ago. So join us as we talk about all the behind-the-scenes facts and details as to what we know about this video game so far. Uh, then we will transition into a breakdown of the 30-second teaser trailer that was released as we find some hidden references that might allude to what the plot of this video game might be. Then we'll transition into some talking points and opinions on what we think would be great to feature in the next Indiana Jones video game. And finally, we will end the episode with a rant from our good old friend Max as he dives into the history of the Indiana Jones video games and what video games have been made in the past and what we might see in the future. So in today's episode, we have lots to talk about and no time to waste. So without further ado, let's jump into this one, shall we? Yes, let's get right in. So, as of right now, LucasArts uh, announced this uh, just a couple days ago on January 12th, and it is in combination with Machine Games and Bethesda, and they are developing it. Electronic Arts is not involved, thank God. Um, Todd Howard is producing it, and he's a huge indie fan. Yeah, so if this is the first time you're hearing about this, uh, Lucasfilm announced a brand new Indiana Jones video game uh, a few days ago, back on January 12th. And uh, this is kind of big news, not only for Indiana Jones fans or people in the video game industry, um, but this is our forte, uh, the expanded universe of Indiana Jones. We have not seen any expanded universe stories since the release of Staff of Kings in 2009. So this is huge. And um, yeah, so EA, who has been doing a lot of these Star Wars games, they've done the Battlefront games, uh, Jedi Fallen Order, Squadrons, if you're into Star Wars and that sort of stuff, uh, they will not be producing this game. And uh, someone by the name of Todd Howard, who I was not familiar with, is going to be producing this game. And he's basically a huge indie fan. And this is something he's been trying to do for a long time. So um, a lot of people are excited, you know, what's going to come out of this game now that we have some brand new technological advancements. I mean, seeing what was able to be done with Staff of Kings in 2009, I can only imagine how excited people are for this game uh, coming out uh, at some point in the future. There is no uh, release date as of right now. Development on the game hasn't started. Uh, they did drop a 30-second teaser trailer, which was Kind of cool, but also a little bit irritating for some people if you were looking for some gameplay or anything like that. And um, it will be a brand new original story, not based off of anything, which to me, I think, is the really exciting part about this game, that it's going to be something totally different. Yes, I that is awesome. You know, we've seen uh, Lego Indiana Jones, and we've seen Staff of Kings, and those are, you know, Staff of Kings isn't based on a movie, but the Lego Indiana Jones games are, and this, we don't know really what at all is happening. We don't even know the name of it. They don't even know the name of it, because development hasn't started yet. They just know they are going to be working on a game. So, who knows, maybe, you know, possibly it'll be released in 2022, maybe alongside Indy 5, or it, maybe it'll be based on Indy 5, we don't really know yet. 
Yeah, that's a really great point. Kind of thinking about when this video game could be released, I think it would be really, really cool to kind of pair it with Indy 5 almost. How great would that be? You know, have the movie and then also this new video game kind of coming into uh, kind of play here in terms of, you know, releasing more Indiana Jones content. So, yeah, um, uh, Lucasfilm and uh, Bethesda Games uh, released a statement about this. Uh, it was kind of a big deal uh, when it was released on January 12th, and Todd Howard had a statement about it. He said, uh, quote, it'll be some time before we have more to reveal, but we're very excited to share today's news. So yeah, they haven't started development on this, and um, the, the big thing for me that was interesting about this was this trailer that was released on StarWars.com and probably on social media. Uh, we did post it on our Facebook and Twitter page, so remember uh, to follow us there if you'd like to get announcements about Indiana Jones stuff and be involved in the podcast with other fun, uh, exciting opportunities and so forth. Um, so yeah, so this 30-second teaser here has a lot going on, and for me, the first time I watched this to just any casual viewer, it just kind of seems like a fun, indie-spirited uh, sort of trailer here, but there's a lot going on here that might suggest what we have in this game. So um, if you haven't seen the trailer yet, we encourage you to check it out, because um, we're going to go through and talk about some elements of this game and really dive into it. So uh, let's jump into this trailer here with uh, kind of this, before we even press play on the trailer, there's already, we see kind of some stuff on the screen here that gives us a little bit of clues. Yes, so we start right off with the Ancient Circles of Jubilee, which is a book, and Myths That Made book titles, which I don't know exactly what that could allude to, but maybe Indy is studying something relating to those. Yeah, so we have a couple books right off of the bat here when we open this kind of first section here of the trailer. Um, I'm not sure what these refer to. Uh, you'll notice if you look at the book titles, uh, one of them actually has the producer of the game as the author, Todd Howard. So again, there are some things that might be kind of thrown into the titles of these books here. Um, there is one on the side here, kind of like the bottom right, that says Forbidden Stones, which to me might be kind of referencing Temple of Doom there. Interesting. Yes, that is very interesting. I mean, you're absolutely right. You know, the Forbidden Stones kind of do kind of tie into Temple of Doom. And, you know, the Forbidden Stones aren't particularly exactly in the game, but there are something very, very similar to it in there. Right. So I think it's going to be interesting to see, like, whether some of these are just references about Indiana Jones or rather they actually are based on the game itself. And I think here is more of an example of just kind of giving us that feel of Indiana Jones. Um, but who knows? I mean, this could be a reference that some of this, you know, has to do with Temple of Doom. And keep in mind, by the way, as we are talking about this, this is purely our opinion. Nothing of this is confirmed. Uh, we're just going to go through this and talk about, you know, what kind of are these elements that we see in the trailer that could tell us about what this game is about. So this is purely uh, just our opinion as well. Um, so yeah, so those books right off the bat were very interesting to me. And how about just the style of this trailer? Really gives you that classic indie feel and does kind of uh, signal that adventure of a lifetime is coming, as we said at the beginning of the episode here. Kind of this uh, <laughs> return of the classic adventure hero. Yes, absolutely. It really does signify that, especially kind of, you know, we hear the ticking at the very beginning of the uh, trailer, which really kind of signifies, ooh, very mysterious, you know, <laughs> almost sound like we're in a soundtrack review here, but I, you know, very mysterious, and it's very, very, it's very indie- what's the word I'm looking for? It, it's very indie style. Like, if there was a genre that I could describe this in, it would be indie, if that was a genre. Yeah, definitely. It is very indie-esque, I guess. You know, there's a lot going on, that kind of old-style office that I really love. And like you said, that kind of ticking of, like, what seems like some sort of stopwatch that we see on his desk there. And I'm assuming this is Indy's desk at this point. Uh, classic Indy's office, as I like to say. Uh, and you know, actually, that reminds me of that quote from Staff of Kings when... Um, I think that's, what was that, the Panama level, I think, when he goes into that dungeon. 
And he's like, not bad as far as dungeons go. It might even be worse than my office. <laughs> so it kind of reminds me of just that indie style, you know, with the office and stuff. Uh, so that's kind of cool. And um, I really as well like, if you notice on the bottom left corner, very, very closely, you'll notice uh, something that says the Pyramids of Giza necropolis which is referring to the pyramids in cairo and the last remaining ancient wonder of the world so kind of interesting if this might have to do with the seven wonders of the world or maybe it's just a reference to that first episode of young indiana jones there how fascinating yes and something i wanted to mention right after that cool note awesome kind of you know i guess you could call uh, you know everything in this trailer i would consider almost an easter egg because we have no clue what the you know game is about so i guess ev this entire trailer is an easter egg uh in a way and another easter egg that they have is a marshall college mug yeah i really like that they threw that in there and actually i didn't even notice that at first uh kind of just to a, any casual viewer you know if you watch this for the first time uh, if you look at that mug, it just looks like a mug, but it says MC on it, and you kind of have, it kind of looks like that Harry Potter style, you know, with kind of the engraving around it. Uh, that is to resent Marshall College, and do keep in mind, Indy leaves to go work at Barnett College in 1938, and we'll bring this up a little bit later as we kind of talk about some speculation as to when this game might take place. So very interesting that they threw that in there. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd love to get a Marshall College coffee mug for myself. How fantastic would that be? Uh, that'd be pretty cool. I'm sure someone makes that out there. That'd oh, be awesome. Probably. I mean, I mean, you have the Indiana Jones Journal. People make all sorts of stuff nowadays on Etsy. I'm sure you could find a Marshall College mug. But anyway, um, you know, moving right along, we also have a bunch of drawings and sketches. And uh, if you look very closely, there is a sketch of the idol and ancient Mesopotamia. Yeah, and these drawings and sketches are very sort of indie-esque, like you were mentioning there. Uh, you have that uh, sketch of the idol from Raiders of the Lost Ark that you see right over there, and then sort of this idea of ancient Mesopotamia with this uh, ziggurat artifact, uh, which could potentially be a reference to the location in Infernal Machine. I'm not sure. You know, I was thinking about kind of the locations and where we are with ancient Mesopotamia, but potentially uh, you'll notice there's kind of a note there where he uh, Indy references uh, kind of, is this a clue with a question mark? Could potentially be a location in the game, kind of going to ancient Mesopotamia. How fantastic would that be? We've seen that kind of style of location before, um, but I would love a video game to really dive into that in a little bit more depth. And how about as well, you know, one thing I find so interesting about this is just all the elements that are included in this trailer. You really have to watch this trailer over and over again. I really spent, when, when this was released on January 12th, I watched this trailer about 50,000 times because, <laughs> of course, I was excited to see, you know, what they had in there. But you really have to focus in on some of this stuff because it's from all over. I mean, you talked about the Marshall College mug right there. Then all of a sudden you've got, you know, this uh, drawing of the idol. So really all different kind of elements kind of coming together when we talk about Indiana Jones in general. Yes, and speaking of location of Infernal Machine and, you know, kind of these maybe hinting at stuff, we have a Vatican City map, so maybe that is possibly the location for this? Maybe? Yeah, and I actually didn't notice that it was Vatican City. Uh, Max, you were actually the one that pointed that out to me, which is awesome that it's actually Vatican City. And talk about a great location. I mean, we have not seen anything really in Vatican City or anything super deep in Italy yet, and I would really love to see that because, you know, one of the things that 
is so fun for me, and I think, of course, many Indiana Jones fans, is just the locations of it, you know, and especially when it comes to a video game. I mean, we've seen, you know, how Staff of Kings really took that location idea to the next level. Think about the graphics and technological advance advancements of video games now. What you could do with archaeological ruins or going to a place like Vatican City or ancient Mesopotamia, it just already gets me excited, even if we don't know that this is going to be the plot of the game. Right, and you know, with the Vatican City map, we have the Grail Diary, and next to the Grail Diary, a ticket to Rome with the date October 31st, 1937. So possibly, maybe it takes place between Raiders and Last Crusade, or maybe even between, you know, Raider, maybe like it's after Temple of Doom, or in the middle of Temple of Doom, who knows? Yeah, and I really like that Grail Diary right there, which was super cool. You could tell right off the bat that was the Grail Diary, and it was kind of you know, alluding to the fact that maybe this is set close to Last Crusade, and, you know, a character that I know you love, Max, how about a return of the great Henry Jones Sr.? That would yes. be really fun in a game. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's close to Last Crusade here. You mentioned there the ticket to Rome in 1937, and, you know, when I think about the timeline of Indiana Jones, 1937, a very interesting year. I think there's only, well... There's those two Further Adventures comics from 1937. I can't remember the titles of those off, my, off the top of my head, but there's those two comics from 1937. And then there's the there's the Big Dark Horse series. Uh, what is that? Arms of Gold, I think it is. Yeah, so not much going on in 1937. Those two Marvel comics, the Big Arms of Gold Dark Horse series, and that's about it. I think there's that um, Eye of the Fates, that, right, that Choose Your Own Adventure book, if you've read that before. That also takes place in 1937, so not a lot going on. I mean, when you talk about 1935, you've got, um, what is it? Emperor's Tomb, Temple of Doom. Uh, then, ooh, what's that other one? Uh, Thunder in the Orient. You, you know, you've got a lot of stuff going on. And then 1936 with practically every single Marvel comic, so Indy goes about on about 30 adventures in 1936. Not sure how that happens, but... <laughs> so, yeah. you know, there's a lot going on in so many other years where here, I mean, 1937, you could really kind of stretch that boundary, still kind of in the heart of World War II as well. Yeah, I'm, you know what? Speaking of, you know, the Marvel comics, I wonder if this is maybe a continuation of those. Oh, um, that would you know, be fantastic. I, you know, there was that canceled, epi like, uh, issue 35. I wonder if this may be that. Wow, that's a great point, actually. Oh, that's just getting me even more <laughs> excited about this. Wow, that's a great point. Kind of a continuation of the comics as well, because, you know, the comics in themselves are also individual adventures. So, yeah, how about continuing off those comics with something different, kind of diving into that Indiana Jones game? Wow, I still really want to know what that 35th edition is about, because I've, you know, scoured the internet, cannot figure out what they were going to plan to do with that 35th issue. I'd really love to talk to someone who worked on the comics, because, you know, the secrets that lie within, I guess you could say. Uh, yes, I mean, I guess it's the holy grail of the Marvel comics. <laughs> exactly, yes, precisely. Yes, there's a lot of holy grails, and for me, this video game might be my new holy grail. I mean, you know... Having to wait for, like, as much as I love the fact that they announced this game, they have not started development, released a 30-second trailer of Indie's Office. It's like, come on, now we got to wait for this for, you know, who knows how many years? You know, it's, oh my gosh, you know, that right. really gets you on the edge of your seat there. I mean, also, plus the 30-second trailer tells us absolutely nothing about the game whatsoever, other than the developers are there on the typewriter. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, say what you want about all the opinions and Easter eggs, but they really, I mean, kind of push the limits on, you know, what this game really is about, and... That's, I think, what's kind of fun about this. I mean, you mentioned there, uh, kind of going back to Todd, Todd Howard, you know, kind of the author of that book there. Um, you mentioned, if you look closely on that typewriter, uh, it says Machine Games, who was one of the developers, and Bethesda. Uh, or No, wait, I don't think it was Bethesda. I think it was Lucasfilm. Yeah, it was on that camera there. Uh, kind of cool that they threw that in there as well. 
Yes, that's awesome. You know, I love those little Easter eggs like that, especially considering, you know, like we know that, uh, oh, what is it? Club Obi-Wan. That's what I'm thinking of. Uh, that's in Indiana Jones. So, you know, this is another kind of Easter egg like that. Oh, yeah, that's a great point, actually. Yeah, Club Obi-Wan from Temple of Doom. I get what you're saying there, kind of about that sort of title. You know, it's not something you see, but rather you kind of actually read on there. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, going back to the developers thing, you mentioned right at the beginning of this episode, Max, EA is not involved. And for anyone who's, you know, kind of into the Star Wars games and, you know, kind of following Lucasfilm over the last couple of years, this is very interesting. And, you know, I mean, as we've talked about, you know, previously on the podcast, Indy 5 has been something that has been going on for a long time. Luke, uh, George Lucas wanted to do this for a long time. And, you know, the Disney acquisition really kind of put those talks back and pushed everything back. So, you know, to have this video game, I think this is a big deal that they're releasing this and, and giving us this kind of, you know, a little bit of a taste as to what could we do with the property of Indiana Jones? You know, I think there's some licensing agreements with Paramount. I'm not exactly sure the specifics of that. But in terms of what Lucasfilm will be able to do with Indiana Jones content, this video game really is exciting. Getting kind of the ball rolling. Haha. <laughs> kind of a flashback to Raiders there. Getting the ball rolling with kind of things that could happen and, uh, you know, what we really could see out of the character of Indiana Jones. That's what we love talking about on this podcast. Not just the fact that it's young indie or the comics or Staff of Kings or whatever the case may be, but the fact that it's developing this character into a whole new way. And that's what I really want to see from this game. Just what can we learn that's different and new about Indiana Jones? Jones. And I think that's what is so exciting. I mean, you mentioned there kind of the idea of the new locations here, Rome, Vatican City, Mesopotamia, and just so much to think about when it comes to this game. Yes, I agree 100%. And speaking of all the stuff, we also have a note that says, thank you for taking the time to help me with this written request. I will be arriving in Rome. I have been, infor I have been informed that your contact will be waiting. Yeah, and if you notice, that's uh, if you look closely, it's so hard to tell. But if you look closely, if you go on like full screen and really kind of look at the lettering, uh, Max, you mentioned that Machine Games typewriter there. That's actually where you see that note. It's a written note. If you really zoom in and look at it closely, uh, that's what I was able to transcribe from the actual uh, note itself. That could be wrong. Um, but yeah, you mentioned there, I have been informed that your contact will be waiting. I am arriving in Rome. Wow. So not oh. only do we have that ticket to Rome, but also the fact that Indy could really be there. Yes, that is awesome. You know, we, all of the signs kind of point to Rome, you know, Vatican City, the ticket to Rome. Yeah, you know, Max, we've talked about going on a Rome adventure ourselves. I've never been to Rome. I want to go there so bad. And just, I've been thinking about it all week. Just Indiana Jones and Rome, that you know, kind of combination, kind of interesting. And, you know, I was thinking kind of about like the history of World War II, this kind of idea of a Rome adventure, maybe kind of incorporating the idea of Mussolini, right? I mean, obviously this would still be centered around the Nazis if it's still 1937 in Rome. I mean, oh, just the possibilities here. I mean, that to me would be a home run hitter. If we could get something in 1937, so you would still have the original feel of the films, but then also something brand new with Rome. How awesome. Yeah, that's definitely really, really cool. And moving right along, we also have some pictures that are scattered along throughout the desk, right? And one of them, I'm just barely able to make it out, but it looks maybe like an entrance, but potentially the Grail entrance from Last Crusade? Yeah, I was noticing those pictures as well. I was really, I, I kept pausing to look at those like old black and white photographs. 
I could not figure out what those were. Um, I, I'm not sure if that was just to go with the Indiana Jones aesthetic and just adds, just kind of throw some pictures in there. Because, you know, there were some things. You saw that pencil, that stopwatch, uh, the map scattered all over the place. So, you know, kind of stuff going with that um, Indiana Jones feel. But, yeah, I mean, it could be the Grail entrance to Last Crusade, which, again, kind of, I mean, it makes sense going with this idea that they're trying to kind of, like, narrow down the time period here. You talked about the Grail Diary that, Grail Diary there. Um, so, I mean, definitely. I mean, it's hard to kind of figure out what, you know, what actually is just going with the Indiana Jones tradition. Because one of the things, kind of, this is a little bit off topic, but I was actually doing a rewatch of the Star Wars movies recently. And uh, with Rogue One, uh, it connects right into A New Hope there. And that's one of the things I love about it so much. And I was thinking about that for Indiana Jones the other day, that we really don't have anything that really connects the dots in that way. And so, yeah, how about going off to, you know, search for the Grail? That would be absolutely fantastic. That would be awesome. And then we, after we see the Grail entrance, we finish with, uh, well, what, who we presume is Indy. Uh, he picks up the hat and the whip with an awesome Raiders theme, which also begs the question to me, who is Indy writing this note to? Yeah, so we kind of have what I would say is the big reveal. I mean, to again, if you watch this for the first time, the big reveal at the end of this is the hat and the whip. Um, but before you even press play on this trailer, as we talked about here, there's so much. Those books, that note from Pyramids of Giza, um, the Marshall College mug. Uh, so yeah, lots of stuff. But the big reveal here is that hat and the whip. And yeah, who is Andy really writing to? That is such an interesting thing. You know, going back to that note there, that's what I think is so fascinating about this as well is how are we going to get this balance of something brand new, but also the Indiana Jones tradition? I mean, one of the things that, you know, really took a risk with those, you know, Star Wars sequels, kind of going back to Star Wars here, kind of this comparison with Lucasfilm, is, you know, they really were stretching the boundaries for me and for a lot of Indiana Jones fans, or a lot of Star Wars fans, rather, on what the possibility of Star Wars really could be and what that kind of entails. And so who could Indy be writing to? How about a brand new character? You know, very, very interesting to think about all these possibilities. And like you said there, that interesting Raiders theme, how about that? It's just a few notes, uh, but it kind of has that kind of like... Uh, sort of MIDI kind of feel, I guess. It's more of an electronic version. I really liked that. That was kind of like, really kind of caught you by surprise there. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree. And also, something I wanted to mention. So, you know, as we've seen in Young Indiana Jones, the TV shows, Indy, you know, goes all around the world to these different places and he has contacts there that he meets. But in this case, the note is in the typewriter and Indy's writing it and he writes, I've been informed that your contact will be waiting. Well, who's contact? Ooh, yeah, that's a great point. So that does kind of, ooh, wow, yeah. So like thinking about like, okay, so Indy's not actually talking to the contact, but rather a friend who knows the contact. Very, very interesting, yeah. And you did mention there that Indy would be working with someone actually, because that would make sense considering he's telling him about the contact. So right. yeah, wow, that's really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I, because, you know, unless Indy is writing, is writing on the same note back to his friend, this contact is obviously not his. It's someone else's. So who is that? Maybe, you know, Maggie is coming back from Staff of Kings. Who knows? Yeah, and you talked about the contact there. It would be so interesting to see, like, who Indy would actually be working with. I mean, in the comics, it's usually Marcus. Sometimes Marion's thrown in there. In Staff of Kings, it was someone brand new with Maggie O'Malley. Um, with the young Indiana Jones Chronicles, it's Remy or however many girls he finds along the way. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, the infinite possibilities of like, ooh, could we really bring in someone new or kind of, you know, return of someone from 
something different. And, and that kind of transitions into the next section of our episode here. Let's jump into kind of just some talking points, questions that we have about the game, um, and just kind of an overall general discussion. What are we looking for in this next Indiana Jones game? And we kind of elaborated on this already, but my first question about this game, and probably a lot of people's questions, <laughs> what will the plot involve? What is going on in this game? And I think Rome and Mesopotamia already are very, you know, two very good clues about this. Yes, I mean, we already, I I have a, I'm fairly confident that it will take place in Rome, considering there's very many hints, you know, there's Vatican City, there's the Rome ticket, I mean, where else would he be going? No, he's not just going to have a random Rome, Rome plane ticket and go and fly, you know, to Europe or somewhere else, you know, that doesn't make sense, so it would, I think that it'll be very cool that Indy, you know, finally goes to Rome, as we've seen in Young Indy, he does go to Greece, but he has never been to Rome. Yeah, very, very interesting. And, you know, you talked about uh, kind of Rome there. How about the idea that Indy goes to multiple locations? So again, kind of factoring in with that Mesopotamia, whether that is a location in the game or not, he's going to be traveling to different places. So, you know, we're going to have maybe a little bit of that jungle feel. I mean, we've seen it in Crystal Skull. We've seen it in SOK. We've seen it in Raiders. Um, then there's kind of that, you know, sort of city feel, you know, and that, I guess, what you would kind of get with Rome. And then, you know, I mean, just so many moving parts to this. You know, there's really kind of that prologue as well. And, you know, that's kind of something I want to talk about as well. Just, it's going to be so interesting to see how they stretch the boundaries on this game. Because you mentioned EA is not involved. I'm really curious to see, is Lucasfilm really going to be tied in with this game? Because there's so much to the Indiana Jones tradition that didn't really kind of get put into Staff of Kings, but also did. I mean, we talked about this in our very first Staff of Kings review. The prologue was so important and integral to giving us that feel. You need that prologue, something that gives you a little bit of a hint as to what's going to come later, but it doesn't actually reference the full adventure. And I feel like you need that. So these sort of elements of, again, Staff of Kings, one of the things that was missing. Indy didn't have the satchel. You know, we need that if we're going to do some concept art for this game. So balancing, stretching the boundaries and adding new stuff, but also giving us that Indiana Jones tradition really, to me, is what's so exciting about this. Yes, and speaking of Staff of Kings, I wonder if John Armstrong, the voice of Indy in SOK, will return as Indy for this game, or if it'll be somebody different, oh, or possibly maybe even Harrison Ford. Oh, ho, ho, there we go. The return of Harrison Ford himself would be awesome. I doubt he would want to yeah, do it for I the game. It. But you mentioned John Armstrong there because, you know, John Armstrong does do the voice of not only Indiana Jones, but Han Solo in the Star Wars games. And Lucasfilm is involved. The return of John Armstrong would literally be the best thing about this game for me. I mean, we've talked about so much how his voice is so similar to Harrison Ford, and it gives you that great nostalgic indie feel. Wow, I would love to have John Armstrong back in this one. And you talked about SOK there. How about some similar elements? You know, are they going to bring back... One of the things that was so unique about SOK was this idea of the vehicles. I mean, we see Indy riding some planes uh, in the last level, which we'll talk about. Indy takes control of a piano, and that doesn't go too well. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> and I mean, then he, takes, he takes control of a piano in, uh, you know, Scandal in 1920 and Mystery of the Blues. What's the problem with him doing it Oh, now? right. <laughs> oh, wait, he's older. Uh, and, uh, you know, he was just a bit uh, too young. But you'll see that later when we review those episodes. <laughs> right, exactly. So, you know, I mean, talk about this vehicles, and we saw the motorcycle in there as well. So, like, what elements from SOK will kind of you know, transition over. And, you know, this is one of the things that we did, haven't really talked about in the SOK reviews that I just kind of thought about here, but SOK was a brand new game when it came out in 2009. You talked about kind of this idea of making you feel like indie and kind of the un kind of successful release there, uh, the brand new elements kind of adapting the Emperor's Tomb. 
SOK really didn't base anything off of games before it. It was brand new. So, I mean, I really don't think that SOK has made enough of a mark on fans to the point where Bethesda and Machine Games are going to say, you know what, let's bring this as a sequel to Staff of Kings or something. I would love it because I'm a huge fan of Staff of Kings and I know many yeah. people are. But I really think they're going to do something brand new. But Lucasfilm is still involved. So the return of, you know, John Armstrong you mentioned there. How about Gordy Hab, one of my favorite uh Film score composers when it comes to video games. He's done all the Star Wars games. I love to hear him do a great new score for this game. I mean, so many kind of rotating elements here when it comes to what will they take from Staff of Kings and put into the game, or how really will this be involved? So fascinating to think about. Yeah, Jesse Harlan, Gordy Hab, you know, even John Williams and Young Indie Music. If that's all used again, you know, that is some elements that have been taken from many other games, uh, you know, that will be put into this game. And I think, you know, who if Gordy Hab or Ray Harmon and, you know, Jesse Harlan, John Williams, Young Indie Music, etc., if none of that is used... What's going to be kind of the music for this? Because, you know, we do have a lot of indie music at our disposal that's not used everywhere, especially young indie music. Please put some young indie music in there. That way we can have our hands uh, access to more young indie music. But, um, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see what they actually do in terms of, like, score composing for this game. And if they'll, what if they even release the score for this? That'd be awesome. I am 100% with you on that. The score for me has to be the most interesting aspect of this game because there's so much at stake here when you look at, you know, how is Lucasfilm really going to be involved? I mean, obviously, I'm assuming they're going to consult George Lucas, but I'm curious as to, you know, what aspects of this project, you know, I'm not super familiar with the video game industry. So, you know, in terms of machine games and Bethesda, I'm not exactly sure what their side of the deal is. I'm sure they're doing sort of the graphics and actual development. But, I mean, Lucasfilm could be doing the sound. I mean, Skywalker Sound, famous as always. Uh, I mean, I would love it if they went the same route they did for SOK and Lego Indiana Jones. Let's give, you know, not only kind of a throwback to just the musical elements, but also just kind of a whirlwind of everything. More young indie music, absolutely fantastic. I know our young indie enthusiasts out there, that's probably the first thing they thought about when this game uh, was announced a few days ago is, ooh, is there going to be more young Indiana Jones music in there? The great remixes of the John Williams soundtrack mentioned there. How about a digital release for the original score by Gordy Hab? I would absolutely love that if it happened. So, you know, the music elements as well, the sound effects. I mean, I'm sure Lucasfilm will do an A-plus job, but it will be interesting to see what route they take with the music. Will it be all original or will Jesse Harlan be back to kind of throw in some of those elements as well? Very interesting to think about. Yes, and what if also, you know, I just thought of this, what if they include, if, if for some reason this is based on Indiana Jones 5, which we don't know, and if it, even if it's not, what if they included music, original music from Indiana Jones 5? That would be really awesome too, and they did that, you know, for the, um, for the Lego games with Crystal Skull, they threw all that Crystal Skull music in there, so yeah, definitely, I mean, throwing in some Indiana Jones 5 music would really kind of add to the authenticity of it, and I'm really interested to see... Where do they go with Indy 5 for this? I mean, is this going to be after Indy 5? My guess is it probably will since they haven't started development. But I mean, they could really kind of jump the gun on this, full throttle, no brakes, and jump right <laughs> in and have this released at the time of Indy 5. I and mean, we've talked about, you know, I mean, when the, the Crystal Skull was released, think about how much was released with Crystal Skull. It was insane. Uh, the Young Indy DVD box sets were released in 2007, 2008. You had both of the LEGO games. You had Staff of Kings. You had the Indiana Jones Ultimate Guide. You had the Complete Making Book by J.W. Rinsler. I mean, so much to tie in with the release. Oh, the Indiana Jones Complete Soundtrack Collection. I mean, so much to tie in with the release of Crystal Skull. I mean, this could eventually 
set foot, you know, some new advancements into the world of Indiana Jones. And, and that's what I think is so interesting about this as well. Just will we have some similar characters return? Marcus, Marion, Sala, we talked about this already with the contact there. New villains. I mean, Magnus Voller, I know we're both a huge fan of him. How about some new villains? You know, that would be really, really fun to see. Or even, I know I'm kind of stretching the boundaries here, but what about a VR experience for Indiana Jones? I would absolutely die for that. That would be awesome. And this is on a little bit of a side note, but you know how you said the complete soundtrack collection was released with uh, Indiana Jones 4, also known as Crystal Skull. I wonder if they were if they were not planning to make a modern movie, if they thought Crystal Skull was going to be the last movie. <laughs> Ooh, that actually is an interesting point, you know, because there was always rumors when Crystal Skull came out about what the status of Indy 5 was. But you did mention there, I mean, complete soundtracks collection is a stretch. It's not complete, um, so which is kind of disappointing. But, I mean, when you do think about, like, tying in the complete soundtracks collection... Kind of an interesting point there, you know, was that kind of the final advancement? I mean, I know there's a lot of, I think it's specifically Temple of Doom, which has a lot of missing music still. Yeah. So, I mean, they could still do more. I mean, Lucasfilms loves remastering their stuff. We know that from Young Indie, Star Wars, you know, all those, you know, <laughs> oh my gosh. We can go on and on. Lucasfilms loves remastering stuff. So, would not be surprised if we saw some new indie soundtracks, but kind of interesting to think about that, though. Yes, it would be awesome if they could do that. And, you know, I wonder, actually, if this could lead to maybe a series of games in the future. Not just this one, but maybe this is, you know... I mean, I guess we kind of saw a series in terms of, like, LEGO Indie 1 and LEGO Indie 2, but that's kind of a mini-series. What if this, you know, kind of made a series of games, almost like if this was, like, uh, based on, like, a series of books almost, but instead a series of games? Yeah, that is, I think, one of the really integral parts about this, is what is this game going to do for the future. And I think if Indy 5 is a success, which, you know, we'll see. I mean, James Mangold is the director now. There's a lot of moving parts to this. Um, supposedly, supposedly, <laughs> they're going to start shooting this in August of 2021. So, I mean, there's a lot of moving parts to this. And I think if Indy 5 is a success, no doubt I think Lucasfilm is going to jump the gun on this and start releasing more indie stuff. But on top of the fact, if people like this game, and if this game is able to stretch the boundaries, add new physical elements to the game, add stuff we've never seen before, while also paying homage to the traditional uh, style of Indiana Jones, and people like it, oh my gosh, we could see Disney Plus TV shows, we could see a brand new series of Indiana Jones video games, we could see, you know, some brand new novels, um, we could see some anthology films, I mean, I would not count it out, I mean, this game I think is going to be critical when looking at the expanded universe, we are in, in my opinion, the peak of the potential in which we could see expanded universe stories, and with this podcast and kind of where we are in terms of the kind of moving forward, I think this is going to be so exciting to think about, and you know, I mean, we've been ranting about this this entire episode, and I've been thinking about it all week, I mean, just the potential of opportunity that we're going to see from this game is key here. Yes, and you know, I wondered, speaking of expanded universe, which is what our whole episode is about, or our whole podcast is about even in general, I wonder if, you know, maybe this will be a continuation of Staff of Kings, maybe Magnus Valar will return, or maybe, if it's not a continuation, maybe Belloc will return, or, you know, Elsa, or maybe previous villains that we've seen will come back. Yeah, well, Elsa clearly won't be returning, as we saw in the end of Last Crusade. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I do think it's interesting to, to think about that. Yeah, like, I mean, one of the things that I've been really kind of, well, really wanted in terms of an Indiana Jones experience, which I know kind of goes against the traditional 
thought and feel of Indiana Jones is I would love a co-op adventure. And there was one with Indiana Jones and the Staff of Kings. But, I mean, to have a multiplayer Indiana Jones game would be really fun. I mean, we see it in the movies. I mean, Short Round tags along. We see Willy, which I don't think is someone you really want tagging along. But, um, I mean, <laughs> you know, there's so many people that come with Indy on all these adventures. And, you know, I think to think about how could that tie into a multiplayer game? Oh, that would be so cool to think about it with a co-op mode or even the opportunity to add, like, we talked about this in our Forgotten Adventures episode, old references to canceled stories. I mean, if we could get, like, some Indiana Jones and the Monkey King, I mean, that could potentially tie in with that book, Ancient Circles of Jubilee, like the religion of that. That could be kind of cool. Ooh. Or, I mean, even this idea of, how about the Great Wall of China motorcycle chase? Uh, I mean, yes. let's go to town on that one and <laughs> really kind of, you know, add that with this idea of new physical elements or, like, how they could stretch the boundaries, not only in terms of the actual plot of the game, but, like, what you do. I mean, some classic fist fights. We talked about kind of the uh, the use of the revolver in Staff of Kings being something new that we've never seen before. I would love to see new elements of that as well. Yes, yeah, so would I. That would be super awesome if, you know, th that was... And also, what if they, you know, did... They added some different archaeological, like, elements. Like, what if there was, like, an Easter egg in the game where you could go find the Ark or go find the Grail? That would be really cool. Oh, I would love that. Oh my gosh, yeah. The the more and more we talk about this, the more and more I just get excited and all these more ideas. Yeah, I mean, if you could kind of have these sort of side quests or, you know, challenge tombs or something and go explore something, find the Ark or, you know, little sort of references to the canon of Indiana Jones. I mean, people say, I don't know much about Todd Howard myself. Supposedly, he is a big Indiana Jones guy and is, you know, well known for creating some very popular video games. So, I mean... I'm not really sure what this means for Indiana Jones, but I mean, if any of you are familiar with Todd Howard, you might be excited about that. And, and you know, that's definitely something that I think is interesting about this, you know, thinking as well about, you know, what he's done for previous video games and how that could, exp you know, kind of um, play towards the kind of open world environment even and technological pathways that could really turn Indiana Jones into kind of a new gaming experience, you know, different than what we've seen from SOK. Yes, definitely. It could turn it into a completely different experience. And I just thought of this, speaking of like finding the archaeological elements or previous like, you know, the idol or, you know, the ark or, you know, the grail, any of those. What if you if, you know, there's maybe like a hub like Barnet College, like we saw in Lego Indy. And if you go and pick that up, what if it unlocked like a secret level of like, you know, just trying to go and find those or maybe a secret level kind of based on one of the movies? Absolutely. That would be absolutely fantastic. And, you know, I think there's so much about this game that the, the really kind of the, you know, it's endless, you know, endless opportunities, I think is really the key word that I kind of am kind of thinking about when I when you look at this game. I mean, EA is not involved, so we're not really constricted to anything that they've done. Lucasfilm hasn't done an Indiana Jones video game in oh, almost 12 years at this point. So I think there's just endless opportunities to really stretch the boundaries again. That's kind of the key thing here and adds so much to this. And, you know, I'd love to see maybe a, a, a different age of indie. I mean, how about a college story? We talked about this oh. with those unproduced young indie episodes. I'd love to see indie returning to, you know, the University of Chicago when we have a young Belloc. And I mean, because I think if you did that for a movie or a TV show, there would be a lot of criticism. But if you did it for a video game, I think you'd have a little bit more of an opportunity considering that's a little bit of a lower scale. So how about that when talking about different time periods and different, you know, locations? I mean, you could really stretch the boundaries, not just in 1937, but going in the 40s, you know, which has a lot of open kind of plot holes when you look at what we could throw there or the 20s as well. I mean, I'd love to see the Roaring Twenties thrown into an indie game. Oh. Ooh, 
Definitely. I mean, I mean, yeah, what if it was a continuation of the Young Indiana Jones TV series? That would be really awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh, if they would produce an unproduced episode of Young Indy for a video game, oh, that would be fantastic. Because, you know, it'd be hard to do that now, like extend the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, because right. John Patrick Flannery is, of course, way older at this point, and casting a different actor, I think, would cause some issues. So if you <laughs> could do that for a video game, I mean, going back to the idea of the, the Great Wall of China motorcycle chase, or the Monkey King, or, you know giving us, how about the Iron Phoenix? Oh my gosh, what if they finally produced that game, you know? I mean, so many different things to think about when it comes to that as well. And, you know, I'm sure there's lots of opportunities as well to add a new artifact. I'd love to see what they do because one of the things that, you know, if you kind of think about the behind the scenes aspects of the Indiana Jones films, one of the things that's actually a little bit difficult about those is finding the, that MacGuffin and finding that artifact, you know, the Ark or the Grail or the Shankara Stones. That's kind of, I think, at least in my mind, what would be the hard part about it and kind of thinking about how that goes with the Indiana Jones style and the Staff of Kings I thought was a really great one so I'd love to see what they could do next yes that would be awesome and you know what uh, I mean this is you know this is fairly related wonder what platforms will this be released on is it only going to be like Xbox or is it only going to be PlayStation or will it also be on PC and stuff like that yeah well to me I mean I would personally love it on a computer because that's where I play you know kind of the Indiana Jones games. But, you know, I would love, you know, to kind of see what they would do with this. And, you know, I heard from kind of just kind of searching online here that there is a small chance this could be Xbox exclusive um, because uh, I can't remember who it was. It was either Machine Games or Bethesda. One of them is now kind of, I think one of them was like bought out by Microsoft or something. And so there could potentially be an opportunity for an Xbox exclusive game, which is not something I think that would bode well at all. I mean, we saw the, you know, absolutely horrible, you know, kind of ruffled release of Staff of Kings and what that happened, you know, with kind of getting rid of the, you know, Xbox game there. So, you know, I would love if love it if they could really kind of go all out and do a lot of different platforms, especially, you know, PC, because I think a lot of people, you know, you know, whether you're into games or not, I mean, that's a really easy way to play a game. Yeah, I mean, it is, you know, there is a quite a possibility that, um, you know, it may be Xbox exclusive. Both Bethesda and Machine Games are actually owned by ZeniMax Media, which is not um, Microsoft. So I don't know what they actually work on, but it's very interesting. And I hope it's not Xbox exclusive because I personally don't have an Xbox and I would still love to play this game. So, you know, maybe even if it's released on Steam, that would be also a great idea. Yeah, I would love to really see what they do with this. And I think that Indiana Jones 5 release date is key here, you know, to see kind of, you know, how Indiana Jones 5 does and, you know, whether they would actually go all out with this and do kind of different platforms with this game. And I think that could really be, you know, really fantastic kind of looking at what they would do there. And, and again, how much is Lucasfilm going to be involved with this game and, and, and where does that go in the future? So I think there's a lot of moving elements to this. And again, all of this in this episode that we're talking about here is just speculation. None of this is confirmed. So hopefully we didn't get your hopes up too much about anything specific as, you know, this is all just, of course, uh, talk at this moment. So um, we will continue to obviously do more episodes as there's more more um, stuff coming out once there's a trailer with actual gameplay of course we'll dive into that and hopefully you know I mean if this you know if, if they really get rolling on this again that's another aspect of this I hope they really get rolling on this and don't take years and years for this because you know I'd be fantastic to um, talk about this on the podcast sooner rather than later you know I mean I'd love to really get into this you know kind of while we're on the Staff of Kings and Emperor's Tomb kind of uh, discussion as well. So, I mean, there's definitely lots of possibilities here. So with that, uh, let's kind of transition into the last section of the episode here. And we thought um, kind of in honor of uh, the announcement of this game, it'd be fun to kind of go back in time, I guess you could say, and take a look at the history.
history of all the Indiana Jones games that have been produced up until this point. So, um, Max, you're really into old computers and, and vintage video game consoles, so you're kind of the expert here when it comes down to uh, the kind of the Indiana Jones video games. So kind of give us the rundown here of everything that we've had, kind of a little bit of you know, the release date of each game, uh, the consoles, and just any kind of cool information about it. Yes, so actually we have had Indiana Jones video games since 1982. That is completely insane. I mean, that was released one year after the in, the original Raiders of the Lost Ark uh, movie. So that's really awesome. The most recent video game was uh, Lego Indiana Jones 2 uh, in 2009. Um, but starting off, we have uh, a Raiders of the Lost Ark video game that was produced for the Atari 2600 and could obviously be played on the 7800. Um, it's kind of a loose adaptation of the film, not so much like the Lego Indiana Jones game nowadays. It's more of kind of almost its own like side story kind of like tagged onto Raiders. There was also an Atari 5200 version, but it was canceled due to um, very low sales of the Atari 5200, which is an extremely rare game console. And, you know, also in 1984, right after that, there was a completely brand new game, kind of like Staff of Kings, Indiana Jones and the Lost Kingdom for the Commodore 64. Uh, first ever original Indiana Jones game. That's, I mean, you know, if I was able to get my hands on this, I would play all of these games. But unfortunately, a lot of these games you can't really find. A lot of them are kind of hard to find. Some of them you can find, like, for example, the there's the Temple of Doom uh, arcade game also that came along in 1985 with the game for the home. Uh, one of them was an arcade game and the similar to kind of the Raiders game based on Temple of Doom uh, for the Nintendo Entertainment System along with the Commodore 64. And uh, in 1987, Indiana Jones and Revenge of the Ancients, it's the first text adventure ever uh, that was made for the PC and the Apple II home computer. And, you know, after that, we kind of went into Last Crusade territory in 1989, where we had a action game. There was actually two different versions of um, the Last Crusade. There was the action game, which was for the Commodore 64, Nintendo Entertainment System, the Nintendo Game Boy, the Commodore Amiga, the Macintosh, the PC, and the Sega, uh, uh, the Sega kind of uh, game systems at the time. So the Sega Genesis, the Sega Game Gear, the Sega uh, Master System. It was the really first in-depth video game to adapt the film, so much more kind of like what we see now with LEGO Indie. Uh, but it also kind of received a lot of criticism for being a bit too different from the movie. Uh, but fun fact also, the Nintendo Entertainment System version was not released in 1989, but was released uh, for J in Japan in 1991, so a couple years after. There's also a graphic adventure uh, that was for the Commodore Amiga, Mac and PC, and also FM Towns. And for those of you who don't know, uh, FM Towns was kind of basically almost a kind of a custom-built gaming PC. There was also a digital PC release, I believe, either on Steam or somewhere else uh, of this game in 2009, probably co coinciding with uh, LEGO Indie and uh, Staff of Kings. And we also have the Fate of Atlantis uh, that was released for the PC, Amiga, uh, 
um, and also the Commodore 64, which, dang, that's getting old at, by 1992, uh, kind of a brand new story, uh, and it was released alongside SOK for the PC, for PCs nowadays, and it was almost developed for the Sega CD system, which, uh, it's interesting to find out that they didn't actually develop it for that, because that would have, that, uh, the Sega CD has a great graphics chip in there, so that would be really, really awesome. And after this, we kind of have the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles for the Nintendo Entertainment System. It is actually um, an adaptation of Mexico and Verdun 1916, Attack of the Hawkman, with some original content thrown in there. Another, uh, and that was released in 1992, and two years later, uh, after the uh, series had finished, they released Instruments of Chaos, starring in Indiana Jones, based off of Young Indy, kind of, but um, was completely an original story. And then, moving along, uh, the same year, we had Indiana Jones' Greatest Adventures, kind of a, for the uh, Super Nintendo, that is kind of like a platformer game uh, based off of the entire Indiana Jones trilogy at the time. And two years later, we had um, Indiana we had Indiana Jones and his desktop adventures, the first kind of, uh, I guess, probably adventure game for Windows, probably, and P Macintosh at the time. And then, right before the turn of mil the millennium, we had Indiana Jones and the Infernal Machine for PC. Now, I didn't know this, but it was also released for the Nintendo 64 and the Game Boy Color. Very, very interesting. And an it was another original game produced by Hal Barwood. So that's really, really awesome. And then we move along into 2003, where Indiana Jones and the Emperor's Tomb was released. And it was released uh, quite a few years before the Young Indiana Jones box sets, which have three games, Revolution, Special Delivery, and Hunting for Treasure. And then we kind of move into our last three games that, have been re that were released right before uh, the game that has kind of come out in a few years, which is uh, the Lego Indiana Jones game, the Indiana Jones Staff of Kings video game and Lego Indiana Jones 2. The original Lego Indiana Jones video game uh, was based off of the first three movies. You had three different maps that you could go. The Staff of Kings video game, we obviously are, review, uh, are reviewing that, so stay tuned for that. And the Lego Indiana Jones 2 game was released uh, right after uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was. Yeah, so wow, thanks for that, by the way. That was absolutely fantastic. You just went on a huge rant there, giving us all some great history on the video games of Indiana Jones. Now, um, I'm a little bit interested here in sort of the availability of some of these games. Obviously, you talked about there uh, for some of these very old systems, some of which I've never even heard of before. Do you know the availability of these sort of games and kind of what types of games, just for you know some people who may have only played Staff of Kings, Emperor's Tomb, Infernal Machine, kind of what those older games were like? So, I mean, the older games, they obviously, they had some primitive graphics because we just didn't have amazing graphics back in the day. I mean, computer of, uh, technology has evolved a lot since 1982. Uh, so, you know, some of the older games, uh, you know, they may not be as nice as what you get this, what you get in a few years, or the even they'll be, you know, compared to the 2009 games, uh, you know, they'll be absolutely terrible. I mean... For one, I know I have played uh, Indiana Jones. I've played the first level of Indiana Jones and the Infernal Machine, and the graphics are absolutely terrible. They're almost so bad <laughs> that you can't even not you cannot even see where you're going. And think about it. Four years later, we had Emperor's Tomb, and it has amazing graphics, even for 2003, which is 
super duper impressive, and I really loved that. As for uh, Indiana Jones and the Staff of Kings, actually, I want to kind of talk about here just for a second. Uh, there is the Wii, there is a Nintendo v DS version, a PlayStation Portable version, and the PlayStation 2. And these are all different in their own ways, but especially the DS and the PSP version are completely different from the Wii and the PlayStation 2 games. The PSP version has even different music, which kind of is very interesting to me. I don't think they would do that nowadays, but that's really, really awesome. Um, but the Wii version, uh, unfortunately, is the only version that has multiplayer co-op, so you can actually play with someone else, and it has a completely different set of levels. It was also planned for the Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, and the PS and slash Macintosh, but got cancelled unfortunately because I think Staff of Kings would have reached a much broader audience if it was actually released on those systems. Yeah, definitely. Now, what about uh, the cancelled games? Weren't there a few cancelled games that came out for Indiana Jones or were supposed to come out? Yes, there were actually two. So there was Indiana Jones and the Iron Phoenix, which I believe is based off of a comic, if I'm not mistaken. I think the comic may have came out after because they weren't going to do it. I know Hal Barwood, I think, from Fate of Atlantis was going to do. It was supposed to be a sequel, I think, but I don't quote me on that. Uh, but I do remember that, though, the, the comic did come out after, which is a fantastic comic, by the way. Okay, that's very... Oh, yeah, I think the comic did come out because they didn't, so this was kind of like in a substitute for the game. But the other unreleased game is actually a young indie game, and it's just called Young Indie, and it was uh, actually made... It was uh, supposedly planned to be made for the IBM uh, hardware management console, which, for those of you who don't know, is basically IBM's proprietary kind of computers back in the uh, early 2000s, late 90s, and it's based... Basically what they are is they're based Basically what you think of a computer nowadays, but instead of being based on AMD or Intel processors, it was based on uh, IBM's own PowerPC architecture, which was originally developed by Motorola. Um, but other than that, there are no cancelled games that I know of. Yeah, so that's actually really awesome, actually, because the, the cancelled games are, I think, kind of the ones that are interesting, because you kind of wonder what happened there, and you think about Indiana Jones. That is a lot of games. I mean, you talked about so many. Absolutely fantastic there. And there's just so many. And, you know, you really haven't gotten this sort of um, kind of, I guess, modern Indiana Jones style. The only ones that really follow that are Emperor's Tomb and Staff of Kings. So, again, right. this idea of we're going into uncharted territory with this game here. And there's so much to think about. So, um, yeah, that was absolutely fantastic, Max. Learned so much from that. Thank you so much. You know, I think, if I remember correctly, uh, a few of the games have been released digitally uh, kind of in 2009, or one was 2015. So uh, to tie yourself over, you know, until we uh, get these next games, if you haven't played Staff of Kings already, by the way, and uh, you have a PlayStation uh, 2 at home, or I actually, I play this on my computer as well, uh, Max, of course, being the technological genius that you are, figured out how to get that to run on my computer here. So I play Staff of Kings on my computer, but if you're looking also for some other fun games, I think Emperor's Tomb, if I'm remembering correctly, had a re-release digitally uh, kind of a few years ago on PC that you can buy for like five or six bucks. Uh, same thing with Fate of Atlantis, uh, kind of available as well. And that original Last Crusade sort of kind of click and play adventure, I think you can also grab as well. So definitely some possibilities when thinking about grabbing some of those games and playing those original uh, archaeological treasures, I guess you could say. <laughs> yes. 
I think that about concludes today's episode, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, hopefully you learned a lot, not only about the history of Indiana Jones video games, um, but also kind of some ideas on what might come from this brand new Indiana Jones video game. Um, of course, uh, we will post the links to the actual announcement, uh, the trailer on our Facebook and Twitter pages, and we will continue giving you updates there as well as in our podcast episodes when we hear more from this game. Uh, so that about concludes today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us. And remember to subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and many other podcast platforms. Uh, if you'd like to learn more about our podcast, be sure to check out our website at www.theindianajonesuniverse.com and follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, so thanks again for joining us, and we'll be back soon with another episode. Once again, I'm Max. And I'm Will. And until next time, so, so long, Dr. Dr. Jones. Jones.